I am so sore. Oh my gosh. I am so sore. Yeah. What did we even do yesterday? I am so sore today. Oh my goodness. You know it. Oh man, that workout on Friday had me sore all weekend long. All right. How does your body feel on a scale of zero to 10? Zero being you feel awesome. 10 being you got hit by a bus. Where are you at? Six. All right, not bad. Maybe today's day you take it easy. Definitely the deadlifts, heavy deadlifts. Welcome to the Are You Sore podcast. Recording, as always, from Bridge Lakes CrossFit here in Cypress, Texas. This is Paul McAllister. I am back from... Our annual family vacation, tanned, rapidly fading tan, unfortunately, uh, refreshed. Every year, Team McAllister, we get all our Yeti coolers and tumblers together, all of our Vineyard Vines shirts and dresses, and we go sell out to the lifestyle and kick it with the 1% at the beach for a week, and it is something to behold. Um, This year was no different. Nobody throws it into into vacation gear like me. I I, I take it pretty easy Monday through Friday uh, during the week. Don't drink a lot during the week. Maybe when we go out to eat on Saturday night. But come vacation time, I really start to turn some heads when I start icing down coolers and cracking beers at 8 a.m. Um, so it was a good time. You get down there with all these folks. You start mixing it up with all these kids, all the Brindley Cates and the John Michael Roberts and the Morgan Elizabeth Michaelas. Usually I don't work out while I'm there, but this place where we're at actually has a pretty good fitness center. So I, I went there a couple of days. Um, they actually have a lot of the same equipment that we use here at Bridge Lakes. Uh, so I got a couple of decent workouts in. Observations that I made while working out on vacation. White people are really weird in the gym. I'm a white. I've been a white for a long time. So I can I can say this with a clear conscience. So, you know, one of the first things I noticed, uh, I went out there, there's a there's this guy and he's he's wearing like matching uh, really nice workout shorts, shirt, uh, on cloud shoes like everybody else there. Uh, and he's just doing this like endless series of, of, of tiny stretches. And, and I kept waiting for this to build to like some actual like movement and, and exercise it. But from the time I was there to the time I left, he was in that same spot, just doing like borderline Tai Chi out there. Uh, it never, it never changed. Um, a lot of people taking work calls just showed up to the gym just to continue doing their job on their Bluetooth headsets. And then, you know, you got like the SEC bros that are down there with their family that are just kind of trying to get their swole on before they start cruising the beach. I uh, did the best I could, got in some double unders, which really made some people stare at me uh, like there was something wrong with me. I guess they're not used to seeing that. So it felt kind of good to be able to get there and do something that maybe the rest of them couldn't do. But uh, glad to be back. Uh, I say all that and I will wrap it up with I can't get back down there fast enough. I'm, I'm glad to be back here, especially back uh, here at the gym with my friends at Bridge Lakes and uh, getting punished for all the, all the working out that I missed out on and abusing my body. Real quick, just wanted to uh, kind of throw out a, uh, a need and, and for, for help, not because we're trying to 
I'm certainly not trying to make any money off of this thing. That had nothing to do with my desire to do it. It was mainly just because we have a great thing going here at Bridge Lakes, and I felt like more people needed to know about it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like music. Most people who know me around here know that I'm really obnoxious about my music. And Stranger's Almanac, that's my favorite record. If I just kept that to myself, that wouldn't bring me very much joy. I want to force that on as many people as I can. Uh, same thing with, with uh, the community here at Bridge Lakes. So if you've been listening and you've got four or five people on your phone that do CrossFit or they're interested in CrossFit or they're doing any type of, of exercise regularly, text them the link to the Spotify uh, for the show. And let's try to get up to, my goal is to try to get up to 500 listeners per show within our first five. All right, we're almost there. Uh, so I just really want to keep the momentum going. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. That's enough soliciting for your help. I'm going to move on to our guest today. I kind of viewed our first three as like the batting order of a baseball team. All right. What you're trying to do with your top three that you put in the line. If you're trying to get people on base and you're trying to score runs early. All right. So we got PJ, the owner, the coach in episode one. Get her on base. Get her in position to score. Sarah second, the professional, really discerning. And then today we've got the big stick coming in here to start driving in some some runs. Stephen Bell, A one athlete. Well, Paul, thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, silverback gorilla. Some runs. Yeah, he's clad in his got Astros a, got an gear. Astros championship shirt on. You've been to a game this year? I have not been to a game. Me this either, year. man. That's I'm, a uh, disappointment. I saw that they were like. Ten dollar tickets or something just today. So uh, for me, me and Chelsea, were, coming my up. wife, shout out Chelsea Bell. Um, <laughs> we were looking at tickets the other day, and the only time we can go is during the week. It's the cheapest time. Yeah, you know, we work nine to five. We can't go, but I will watch them every night. Every yeah, time I can. Heck yeah, man. Love the Astros. So I always try to give a, a, a good intro for my guests, and I was thinking about Stephen, and I'm going to tell you guys a story going back to when I was in elementary school. All right, when I was in elementary school back in the '80s. Field day was everything. And those of us who thought we were something special, all we cared about was the 40-yard dash and the long jump. And every year, even though we had the same guys in it every year, we all thought we were going to win it. And none of us ever won it because of this dude named Willie Plater. And Willie, he wasn't on any of our teams. He'd show up to school every day in, like, jeans and, like, his brother's shoes. But... Nobody could beat him in anything. And I remember the long jump specifically, we had this sand pit. Back then it seemed like it was 30 feet long. It was probably 10 feet long if I went back and looked at it today. And we're all out there practicing and, and, and jumping and trying to get as far as we can. And, and Willie jumped like completely. He jumped, He never touched sand. He jumped from grass to grass. All right. So I think Steven, when I think about Steven when you were a kid, you were probably like the Willie Plater of, of your school, weren't you? Like everything was just like, it came pretty easy to you. And, and I'm not trying to get you to like brag about yourself, but I mean, am I on to something there? Yes. All right. All right. Uh, that is one of my things that I'm not very good at. I don't really, uh, I, I do not like uh, bragging. I don't like the attention really on me, sure. if, if you can believe that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I it just athletic or athleticism has always been something that kind of came natural to so me. So which ones like kind of stood out? What, what, what did you excel at, and when did it really kind of start to, to bubble up to the top? Uh, 
You know, I only played football growing up. I mean, mm-hmm. I played baseball a little bit when I was a kid, but I uh, was more of a, of a football athlete yeah. year-round. Uh, we played flag football in the summer, and then we played football in the fall. But, you know, uh, what I really excelled at uh, was track. In high school, I really enjoyed track. I was really good at track. I mm-hmm. was the only white guy on the 4x1, 4x2 team. So, um, you know. Dude, there's nothing better. I've been to a lot of track meets. Uh, I got to sign. You stand out like a meet. sword thumb. I know, but when you get into the speed events, like every once in a while, a white dude will line up in the 100-meter dash and – he may not win, but he'll beat some dudes, and everybody's going crazy in the that stands because nobody's seen it. And that was you, huh? That was me. All right. Love it, dude. I love it. Yeah. So so football, track, um, those then, were the main things. Yeah, we did powerlifting just as a kind of keep you out of trouble type thing for my high school, um, which, you know, gave me a little bit of an advantage coming into CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've always... I, Athletic background. I grew up with a with a big family. Right. I had parents divorced at a young age, so I was lucky to have both sides of the family. Uh-huh. I had a lot of ne- uh, cousins, nieces, and nephews. So I grew up with competition everywhere. From, Brothers, from five like, years old. Uh, I do. I have two uh, step brothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, half brothers. I have a step brother. Uh, they're about ten years younger than me. So I mean, I got to pick on them. I I, I joke to them all the time mm-hmm. that their athleticism is because yeah. I picked on them and and beat the hell out of them for for <laughs> their entire childhood. But. Uh, and both of them, are, hey, they're they're just as good as athletes as me, or athletes as me. Sometimes they're better, but right. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of that came from just the competitive nature that I grew up with. Yeah, you know, now nah, for sure. And I'm gonna get back to like kind of your your sports background a little bit, but like kind of going back to when you started to fill out, you're starting to mature, start to get stronger. Like, what did what did weight training and, and and working out and stuff like that look like when you first started messing around with weights? When I first started messing around with weights, um, I mean, it was the typical, you know, bro sesh stuff. I yeah. mean, it was buys Monday, legs Tuesday, mm-hmm. chest Wednesday, yeah. and re- rinse and repeat Thursday, Friday, and do what you want on the weekends. Yeah. I and mean, there wasn't really a whole lot of structure to it. Yeah, I had a, I had a coach Romanelli. I could, I'd never forget this guy. He was. He was built like Andy Perez, if you know if you know who uh, who Andy, Andy Perez is. is Shout uh, out Andy. He's out here right now. I he think. is out here. Uh, he's he's grunting, throwing is, up three hundred uh, pounds on a bench press somewhere. Oh man, look, he's. I try not to use a ton of language in this, but he is a brick shit house. He is All a right. brick shit house. <laughs> that was our coach Romanelli. Yeah. He was our weightlifting coach, um, and he was so stringent. I mean, we think that Sarah and PJ and I, you know, are, are, yeah. are uh, sticklers in here, but man, that guy. It, lifting weights was serious for him. Um, you know, we did that all the time. And, and you know, strength, that was something else that just kind of came naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Do you remember, like, the first time when, like, maybe you even, like, surprised yourself and something like, man, I'm doing something that I don't notice anybody else, none of my buddies can really pull off yet? Yeah, mine was always the bench press. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why, I've uh-huh. always been a littler dude, uh-huh. and I've always worked out with the offensive linemen. So it was, a, it was two things. I was always lifting with the bigger guys, Yeah, which was cool to me because I always wanted to just kind of like, all right, I'm going to beat this guy. Yeah. And sometimes they'd beat me because they're just bigger people. But uh, I've always been really good at bench press. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say one thing. I've never been good at squatting. Really? Yeah, it, I didn't do my first squat clean until I think I tried out Cypress in like 2015. Oh, wow. Um, I've always power cleaned. Uh, I never really did a whole lot of deadlift. Our coach, Romanelli, never really thought that deadlift was a really great workout or, uh-huh. or lift. Um, but, yeah, I mean, bench press was one of my strengths. You know, running was one of my strengths. But everything else in the weight room, you know, I, I kind of had to work at. Uh-huh. 
I remember I played basketball in high school, and I, I could not stand it because, like, I, I'm killing myself in the weight room in the offseason. I weighed 155 back then. Nothing was changed. I mean, I had endurance for days. I could have played three games in a row and never gotten tired, but I just could not put on muscle. And there would be these dudes, and one of them in particular, he just – he ended up going and playing basketball at Kansas. Uh, he was the best player on our team. He would just lay around in the weight room and ne- and j- but just had muscles on top of muscles, you know. And um, brother, when when the ball went in the air on those nights, like every nothing mattered anymore. He was the best athlete out there. So I got a really funny story about <laughs> basketball. Uh-huh. I was a uh, I was in the eighth grade Arnold Middle School. Right. And um, where was that? Arnold Middle School. It's right here. Okay. Yeah, so you're Cyprus. from the Cypress area? I or? grew up in Humble until uh, I was, I want to say, the sixth grade. And then yeah. I moved from Humble, Tasca City, Kingwood area to Cypress. And I've lived right here on Spring Cypress in oh, okay. ever since. Got it. Eighth grade year, uh, one of my coaches, he said, hey, you know, Bell, you're you're a little bit taller athlete at eighth grade. I hit a growth spurt early. I'm still kind of skinny, but I was a little bit taller. And he said, hey, man, are you going to try out for basketball? You know, keep you busy, keep you out of trouble. I said, yeah, I'd like to try out for basketball. Well, same group of guys. We were in there lifting weights. I couldn't tell you the day, but let's say the tryouts were on Wednesday. Well, during athletic class or uh, uh, gym class that day, we ended up hitting heavy bench. It was a heavy upper body day. Mm-hmm. Walked into basketball tryouts. I mean, I can shoot a basketball. I'm pretty athletic. Mm-hmm. Basketball is not, not the greatest sport, but I'm pretty good. Yeah. And went in there thinking, okay, this is going to be so easy. Went in there, and I think I airballed every shot. <laughs> The coaches were like, Bill, what's going on? I was like, Coach, I didn't realize that you can't do bench press on yeah. tryout day. No. So, yeah, needless to say that I uh, didn't make the basketball team and it <laughs> didn't, it didn't uh, uh, transition into high school sports by any means. But, uh, but yeah, don't do bench press before you try out. No, I remember that, going, uh, having summer workouts and then having practice afterwards and nothing felt right. Um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, so when, when did you give this a shot for the first time? I gave CrossFit a shot in 2014 or 2015. I think it might have been 2014. Okay. Um, PJ, I, uh, Coach Scott, uh, Coach Martin, we were all at a at a gym right there off Huffmeister by the old food town, and it was called Gym or uh, CrossFit Cyprus. Mm-hmm. And a mutual friend of ours owned it. Uh, as a matter of fact, my wife is, is the one that got me into it. I always kind of thought CrossFit was kind of stupid, to right. be honest, uh, just because I've been more like everybody else before they did it. They did their lifetime fitness, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mine was 24 because they had a basketball yep. gym. Um, but uh, I walked in there, you know, we did our did our, nat- our normal on-ramp uh, uh, course or whatnot. I, I walked in the egotistical guy. You uh-huh. know, I thought, okay, I'm... I'm tw- mid twenties. I think I'm gonna, you know, be better than everybody Sounds in the gym. Very familiar, you know, uh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I was humbled very quickly, mm-hmm. very quickly. Uh, Do you that, remember anything about like what the first workouts were? Absolutely. Okay. We uh, we had a guy who was in there, and he ended up being a regional athlete. Um, got hosed out of the games, but uh, he was really, really good. And he was doing rope climbs, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, I mean, this is climbing a rope. I can, I can get up the rope. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember what we were doing in the workout. I think it was like power cleans, uh, thrusters, and rope climbs. I think it was. Uh-huh. And uh, like you know, like I said, everybody else in the gym squat cleaning stuff. I'm over here power cleaning stuff. You know, I get to the jump rope or I get to the uh, rope climb. I get about halfway up, doing majority of it with my legs. Just I mean, with my arms, just yeah. kind of 
pinching my feet at the bottom. I get all the way up there, and I'm thinking, man, my arms are shot. My grip's on fire. Like, how do I get down from here? <laughs> and that's exactly what happened, man. I, I thought, okay, well, I'll just go the same way down as I went up. And I, I didn't. I ended up falling all the way down the damn rope. And then yeah. everybody in the gym was like, who's this newbie, man? This yeah. guy, you know? Um, so definitely rope climbs was the first eye-opener. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, then I also remember looking at some athletes, and uh, uh, some of them are still here. Uh, you know, mid forties, mid fifties, and they're climbing up and down the rope two or three, four times. And I oh, get yeah. up there once, fall down, and I'm thinking, man, okay, I'm 23, 24 years old. I think I can do this. And, yeah. And I can't. So I mean, you know, I totally feel the new athletes and and, and uh, you know their mindset and their their eagerness to get in here and do it and go after it. But man, I've definitely been one of those well, guys so, to fail real early in it. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's why you bring so much value here because Stephen is. For those of you who don't know him, he's he's an athlete. I kind of introduced him as, as like kind of the guy who sets the bar around here. But he also coaches, and uh, he coaches a lot in the afternoon. And uh, my son comes to his class a lot, and he thinks Stephen is the biggest, baddest thing that ever walked the earth. He's like, Dad, every time, man, they we start doing like bar work, he just runs and grabs all the 45s. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Maybe you'll grab a 45 one day. But when you see guys – Coming here, I guess as a coach, that you, you I bet you could smell it a mile away when oh, they yeah, come in you know. and they're like, "All right, this is just another thing that I'm gonna conquer. Uh, everything has always come easy to me." Oh, absolutely. I think it's obvious that they're gonna kind of get brought back down to earth. But how do you keep them from getting frustrated? Because like you talked about rope climbing, and I remember learning how to do that. And Scott is who taught me how to climb a rope. But when I sat down on that box and started messing around trying to figure out how to lock that rope around my feet, I have never felt more unathletic in my life. And it just it makes you want to just throw your hands up in the air and say, forget this. So like how do you how do you deal with a with an arrogant athlete, but you want them to like get past it and 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 not lose enthusiasm for trying to learn? When I see those athletes come in, and like you said, you can smell them a mile away. You can yeah. see them when they walk in. They walk right. in, you know, with the same way we all did. Normally, I'll tell them, hey, look, you're going to struggle the first couple of weeks. You know, typically, I won't even say anything to them before. I'll ask them a couple of questions, you know. Do you have any injuries, whatnot, get, get through all that stuff. But uh, I typically wait to talk to those athletes till the end of class. Yeah. That way they can get a good feel of what's going to be in the workout, how it's going to affect them physically and mm-hmm. mentally. Once we get done, then I can kind of – you know, what's your, what's your goal in this? You know, just like PJ was saying in the first, uh, first episode, I want to get a feel of what you're looking to get out of this because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that you have some athletes that come in here and they think they're going to do real good. They stick for about a couple of weeks and then they're, they're, they're out of here. It's right. not their vibe. Yeah. You have athletes that come in here and they end up staying in here for the next 10 years. And I don't think that you can develop those habits that we see as athletes been doing this for a while mm-hmm. until you do it for a while. But the biggest thing that I've seen that I could tell new athletes coming in that want to get better and want to stay in here for longer than the couple weeks is be patient. Don't overestimate what you can do in a day Mm -hmm. and don't underestimate what you can do in a year. Yeah. You know, that would probably be the biggest thing. Uh, Nothing ever comes overnight. I mean, just like with us and rope climbs, just like, you know, any athlete in here, you know, um, I think CrossFit gives, athletes a good life lesson yeah. not just being an athlete i mean it 
if it, it's a true testament to if you can walk in here every day and you can practice something and then get that goal you know mm-hmm. like like your son for example you know Maddox came to that double under clinic yeah. we did you know I love to see that what I love to see more than just that is him coming in here and working at it every right. day you know and eventually he gets better and better and better and better and next thing you know he could be teaching somebody else how to do double unders mm-hmm. so I would tell athletes you know take it day by day do what the coaches tell you listen to them because they're probably sitting they probably sat in your their shoes, your shoes, but you know take it take it day by day and mm-hmm. trust the process. Yeah, it's gonna take a while. I, I didn't get where I'm at right here overnight. I've failed lifts. I've injured myself. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the slip and slide story. Um, <laughs> I don't. Oh, you don't know the slip and no. slide story? Okay. All right. Little side note. I had a see see, see what kind of. Uh... <laughs> See what we do here on this podcast. I mean, I, we, we, we get the best uh, of the best out here. And Sorry, go ahead. No, I had a sprint triathlon. I've never done a triath- triathlon in my entire life. Um, and Gio, the owner at Nevo, right down the street, he, he said, hey, you know, you're pretty fit. You know, I'm, I'm looking to train for an Ironman. Would, you know, would you do this with me? I said, yeah, absolutely, I'll do it with you. I have no confidence in me open water swimming, but mm-hmm. everything else I think I'm pretty good at. Yeah. Let's do it. So... We go, it's Friday night, the uh, the race is actually here in Bridgeland, um, that Saturday morning. My grandmother has an 80th birthday party that Friday night, and like I said, I got a big family. Mm-hmm. So we rented big jumpy jumps and all kinds of stuff, man, they had all kinds of stuff. Well, we also rented a dual slip and slide mm-hmm. with a water pond thing at the, the pool at the end of it. And we were doing flip cup or whatnot that <laughs> night. I wasn't drinking, to be honest. But, uh, I was going to say. I really wasn't. The, the throwdown at the 80th. But uh, I was trying to win the, the flip cup contest, <laughs> though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, make a long story short, there was, I don't know, I, I just ran and I dove head first and I tried to push myself up and catch myself in like this you know slide on my feet type deal and as soon as i did that pop there goes your hamstring uh-huh tore the hamstring grade two couldn't walk the next three or four days had to tuck my tail between my legs and let everyone know that i tore my hamstring and couldn't do a a, a sprint triathlon here and in, in the neighborhood because i uh was on a jumpy slip and slide so you hear that ladies and gentlemen it's Stephen bell he's just like us <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I remember um, just thinking about like these athletes that that can come in here, uh, maybe not really. They're, they're kind of overestimating their abilities. I, th- I think that you were. Co- didn't you used to coach in the mornings sometimes? I, I did coach. But okay. I enjoyed coaching in the mornings. Yeah, because when I first started coming, I mentioned this on an earlier episode, but I, I started in those early. I don't think I ever came to five, but I, th- I started coming to six. six. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. There was this one day, this is very early when I first got started because it was cold outside, I remember. This guy walks in, and I mean, you know NFL size when you see NFL oh, yeah. size. There's not, there's like big dudes, and then there's guys that walk up, and you're like, all right, this guy plays something. Oh, for and, sure. And, and not only that, this guy was wearing like a T-shirt that said like Atlanta Falcons training camp or something. So it was like, you okay. Guy was legit. He was He was real, He and he was like offensive lineman big. I don't know why he was here, um, but... We had something in that workout that day that I think, like some eight hundreds were like mixed into the I think into I the was, and they were first. It was like it opened with that, and that's that's a strength of mine, and especially back then that was really about all I had going for me, and 
you said go, and I mean that dude shot out of Took here like off. a freaking cannon, and I was like, man, these these pro athletes, they're just a different breed. I mean, even this guy, he's a looks like a lineman, and he's gonna bury us all in the running. Made it like I get around like the other side of the buildings on the first like maybe 300 meters and it's dark outside and this dude is completely bent over at the waist throwing up all over the concrete. I vividly remember this. <laughs> and I just kind of jogged past him, you know, I was like, I didn't know to say anything. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass this guy. I'm just going to keep going. And, uh, he eventually made it back inside. And I remember he was like, you were checking on him. He's like, I ain't no bitch coach. That's exactly no what he said. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, long story short, that was the first and last time I ever saw that. That dude. was definitely the first and last time I ever saw that guy. That was probably one of the coolest not not coolest but funniest moments. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're right. It's six fifteen in the morning. You're 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 just waking up, sipping down your coffee. Oh man! And to see a big two hundred and fifty pound, <laughs> six foot five guy just yeah. take out four flat forty across the 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 gym, <laughs> turn the corner, and you're thinking, okay, man, this guy. He's the real deal. Yeah, hell yeah. And then here's the other nine athletes a minute and a half later coming back, and I don't see this six foot five guy. Well, you're right. He did. He turned back around and he said, Coach, I promise I ain't no bitch, coach. And I looked at him and I said, Buddy, you may not be a bitch, but you bit off more than you can chew. So come on in here. here. Let's start from square one. Well, dude, it is. It's the best, like, just to kind of look back, and, and I'm kind of at that. Just past my first year, Mark, but where you can kind of milestone and remember where you were when you started. I started last year right around the Open, and Stinkin' PJ talked me into, you know, signing up for the Open yeah. when I was like two weeks into this. And yeah. I was like, all right, this must be some kind of like family fun day or something. I didn't realize, like, I was like, it's a real deal. some real competition. And, yeah. and, dude, I couldn't do a pull-up back then. And one of the first things uh, i think it was like the second workout of the open back in 22 was pull-ups pull-ups and yeah. then chest to bar and then and i remember chris hoffman was, after, was yeah, judging me and i felt so bad for him because like i couldn't i couldn't do a single one and he was just like trying to encourage me but he knew at the same time it wasn't going to happen and um man it was so embarrassing but like I can do those things now, and like I can climb a rope now, and, and 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 do all this other stuff. You don't really realize when it's happening until you really stop and think about it, and kind of start taking inventory of how far you've come. Yeah, I can tell you. I, I say I started then. You know, I was I was I was working on and off uh, different odd end jobs and stuff. I didn't truly start coming three times, four times a week until 2018. And that was when I started Bridge Lakes. Yeah. I did cross at Cypress, and then I'd come in on the weekends, and I would do a couple wads here and there if I was off or whatnot. But when I truly started this this fitness journey, as I would say, um, was was about February of 2018. I came in, did one or two workouts with PJ and, and my wife, Chelsea, and then she said something about Murph. Believe it or not, I never really heard about Murph until mm-hmm. then. I mean, I knew it was a workout. I didn't know what it entailed. I couldn't tell you what, what movements were in it. I came in here and did... Murph on 2018 and it kicked my butt. No yeah. vest, nothing. And I ran. I did Murph and Jordans, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, believe it or not, goofy. Yeah. Uh, but from there on out, I I said, man, this is something that I think I can vibe with. You yeah. Know, it, I it kicked my butt, but I'm gonna enjoy getting better at this. And I saw guys in here do it with the vest and do it unbroken or not or unpartitioned and whatnot. And that was kind of the the it for me. 
and I have this conversation with a lot of athletes. A lot of athletes ask me if, if you know, is there levels to to being able to do this, or is there levels of finishing a workout in in the suggested time cap, or this or that? Uh, I think the the big difference for athletes that are just starting to maybe athletes that hit that year mark like you mm-hmm. is once you get comfortable with all the movements, uh, you know, say once you hit your 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 pull ups or you get your bar yeah. muscle ups and stuff like that. To start attacking the the workouts a little differently. Yeah. Um, you know, I always tell my athletes all the time, "Hey guys, are you breathing in the middle of your workout?" And sometimes they look at me and go, "Man, no, I really wasn't." <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'll look at you and go, "I know you're blue. You know, you haven't <laughs> you did twenty wall balls yeah. and breathe, or you did ten burpees and didn't breathe." Yeah. If you, once you get to the point to where you can you can do all the lifts, you can do the form correctly. You're, you know, you're comfortable with everything that's put on the board as far as the workout. Now start thinking about like, okay, if I'm doing Murph. You know, how can I, in the middle of the workout, kind of get that lactic buildup to go away? Mm-hmm. It's not so much, am I going to be able to finish the workout? Mm-hmm. Now it's, okay, how can I start the workout and finish the workout feeling the same in my body? Yeah, your heart rate's going to elevate. Yeah, you're going to get lactic. Yeah, you're going to have to take breaks. But, yeah. but how am I going to be able to move throughout the workout efficiently? Okay. You know, that's probably the next step. And then breaking up into your your game plan stick into the game plan i know if you ever heard any other crossfit athletes tell you if you, you get a game plan stick to it it's no, hard to in the middle of workouts, that's that's man. perfect I mean, because we actually had a bunch of questions come in for you um through like instagram and and people texting me and stuff i'm looking out right now this is the five o'clock class going on and they are they're working on one rep max bench i'm looking at Corey holly right now that's the sucker who got me into this and he's about to get in over his head on a bench right now um but anyway he texted me last night Corey's very cerebral he's always like critically thinking through all this and and he his question that he really wanted to hear from you is how you kind of mentally analyze a wad when you're going into it and kind of within that you know like Where's your wall? How do you pace yourself? How do you break up reps? So I know just by talking to you and you can kind of look up at that thing or whenever you look at it before the day, you're already starting to think about like, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to like cook this meal. Yeah. So what does that look like for you when you, when you look at a workout and you start thinking about the, the most efficient way for you to do this at a high level? I always look at a workout and I, I try to determine what my weaknesses are in that workout. Mm-hmm. When I hit that weakness, I need to have enough in the tank to pass or push through it. Okay. And you know, I we did a workout a couple weeks ago, and it was real heavy hand or uh, strict handstand push up heavy. Mm-hmm. I know that I can I can maybe do fifteen to twenty strict handstand push ups unbroken, and then I know in my mind that the second set I'm only going to be able to do six, five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna it's gonna tank me. Right. So if I have a workout and you know it's 50 handstand push-ups towards the tail end of it, I'm not going to go out there and hit my first 20 because then I'm not going to finish the rest of it because I know I'm going to be doing singles or doubles for the rest of the workout. Right. Obviously, you want to look at you want to look at each workout and say, okay, I know I'm going to be really good at this. I know I'm going to have a little bit struggle with this and kind of play that out in your mind. Always remember that you don't have to be the f- first on every leaderboard mm-hmm. is the biggest thing, really. Right. So don't come out and think, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this and, and and try to be first, and then as soon as you hit that weakness, like that handstand push-up, now you're floored and you can't do anything. That's kind of how I break it down. You know, I address the weaknesses and, and try to focus on those, 
and then try to tell my every when I'm doing workouts, I black out. I don't really listen to the to the music. I'm mm-hmm. kind of in my head, and you know, I speaking to Corey, I tell Corey this all the time. I said you'll understand, and you'll hit that second stride in your fitness career as far as CrossFit uh-huh. or whatnot. Once you have the ability to to think about that kind of stuff in a workout, yeah, that's when I kind of could tell the difference. Yeah, you know. When I'm not I don't think so I'm there yet. Yeah, when I'm not so man, my legs are burning. This bike is I've kicking never my about butt. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you start, okay, I got ten calories left, my legs are burning a little bit, I'm on the bike. How about I use my arms a little bit more and not so much my legs? Because I know that I got thrusters coming sure. up and that's real leg intensive. So mm-hmm. if you can start kinda thinking about what what's coming ahead in the workout rather than, you know, where you're at right there in that workout, I think that, you know, you you'll just overall get better. Another question that came through, this is from uh, old Justin Vela. Yeah. You know Justin? Oh, I do know Justin. Dude. Justin has been putting in the work. Justin, real quick. Justin Vela, that dude, he is in my hot tub. All right. (laughs) Have you ever seen an athlete start this and like have such a rapid like upward surge in their ability the way that guy Not in this gym, no. Yeah, yeah, in this gym. No. Dude, when he first started coming here, he was doing partner wads with me. Yeah. Like he was always he was coming up to me. He was like, Paul, and, and then it was like one day he was like, "All right, yeah, we're done here, Paul." And it was time for him to man. Graduate. I just I just did a partner workout with him on Saturday, <laughs> and he was pushing me. Believe yeah. it or not, I'll never admit that to him. <laughs> He's gonna hear this. He's gonna hear this. Yeah, but uh, but no, man, he, he is he is in good shape, man. Nah, he is. He's sure. a strong dude, and he loves it. and He works hard. So he does I mean, work it's hard. just it's just. I don't know. It's it's been it really cool for me to watch him, like just how fast it's come together for him. Because there's no formula to this, or there's no exact science to it. You know, like if you come this many days a week and you you do that, you do it this way, then you can expect to be here. It doesn't Man, I hear that people way. say that all the time. Mm-hmm. That is crock of shit. Yeah, yeah, no. So it's but, all about the quality you put in the workout. He's right. definitely been putting in the work and doing it the right way. Right. So his question for you is. What was the most difficult movement for you to learn? All gymnastic movements. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We can do strict pull-ups, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. kipping was just really weird. I, I've never really liked kipping uh, pull-ups very much. Uh-huh. But the butterfly, uh, stringing together toes to bar. The, probably the hardest thing across CrossFit that I've ever had to learn to do is string together toes to bar. Oh, God. I mean, they're so hard. Yeah, I know. And then now, looking back at it, when I coach toes to bar, you know, I can give you a couple cues, but there's a couple main things that I've never heard, and I've 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 seen you know professional coaches say you know like hey you know really pull back your heels, yeah. and you do that, and then there you go, you get three or four, and it's like man, only if I knew that back then, it wouldn't have taken me six eight months to get five toes to bar. In the yeah, row. we've got to, we got to, I got to show you my. It's like I, those things I, I'm doing it, and I'm like, so you're, you're right, my, you're, my you're, toes are technically touching the bar, <laughs> but I don't think this is the way they're supposed <laughs> yeah. to look. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I mean, yeah, it's really hard. I'm not a gymnast by any means, man. I mean, so so gymnastics movements. Gymnastics movements yeah. was definitely the hardest thing for me. Uh, and then to be honest, running. Yeah, it's it's hard to judge a workout when you're in the middle of a run. Did you come yesterday? I did come yesterday. I only did five because my <laughs> I got my partner Jacob Johnson's looking at me right uh-huh. now, probably thinking, "What the hell are you doing running sprints?" But yeah, I only ran five with my with my class. 
Man, Corey was hauling. Was he up, really? Man, yeah, he was. Well, getting man, after. I came oh, in here. Everybody was. But. Yeah, I came in here. I did that, and that was that was one of my punishments for being on vacation last week. But I came in here and I did all of them. Um, but out of nowhere, nine fifteen is usually you can you can kind of set your watch by the people who are going to be in here, and it, it ain't a lot of alphas. Uh, it's it's a lot of guys my age, you know, some has beens and some never wers, and, and and a lot of females that are really good athletes. But I was thinking, you know, this might be one where I can. Uh, I can walk out of here feeling like I deserve a blue ribbon. Well, out of nowhere, who decides to show up? David, the NOCO rep, who looks like a NFL cornerback. Yeah. And this little kid, Alex, who's a little high school track star and baseball player. And I'm sitting here trying to run 10, 100 meters with those guys. So I know Alex. The, that kid's going to be a good athlete yeah, he when is, he gets bigger. The, the dogs in the backyard are barking today. And uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a struggle. You're feeling it? I'm, I'm fighting back tears <laughs> as we speak. So Anyway, that's, that's my one time of year where I'm in a full sprint. Biggest mistakes you see athletes make? Uh, paying attention to the leaderboard, man. I can go. I could go on this for for hours. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I said it earlier. Ben Bergeron, he's a professional coach. A lot of athletes know him, mm-hmm. um, and he says it best. You, you can't. And I, I know I said it earlier. You can't overestimate what you can do in a day, and underestimate what you can do in a year. Yeah. And I see athletes come in, and they come in here, and they think, okay, you know, I'm gonna kill this workout. But then you, you you watch them as a coach, and they're not jumping up on the box and opening up their hips all the way or they're going so fast that they're kind of cutting corners or shortchanging the workout or I mean they may miss a rep or two everybody does it's not that big of a deal but the quality of rep Mm -hmm. the quality of the workout that you can do every day will by far accelerate your growth in a year right and you won't even see it coming Mm -hmm. and I think that's the coolest thing to be a coach especially here because I mean we have it like for example I have an athlete Gustavo Man, I remember when he started. He was a yeah. hundred hundred pounds heavier than he is right uh-huh. now. I mean, could not run a two minute four hundred. I mean, he couldn't do pull ups. He couldn't do box jumps on a twenty inch box. Uh-huh. Right. I go coach a six o'clock rogue class a couple months ago, and he's doing toes to bar, knocking out sets of ten, <laughs> and I'm looking up like, dude, where did those come from? And he's like, you know, telling me, I don't know. And they just. I got him, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, you did. That's funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I would tell athletes to to definitely take their time, do the quality of rep, listen to their coaches. You know, it's okay if you if you finish fifth or sixth or your bottom on the whiteboard. You know, I, I hate the whiteboard, believe yeah. it or not. I mean, everyone says, man, you're so good, you're always on top. I hate it. Yeah. If I could tell every athlete forget about the whiteboard and do every rep the right way, mm-hmm. do it slower. Yeah, you may get more tired because you're not shortchanging stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you may not do it in the 10-minute time cap. But if you do workouts like that every day for a year and you do workouts the opposite way every day for a year, the athletes that are finishing middle of the pack are going to have the biggest gains, the biggest PRs, yeah. the biggest – I see it all the time. You see athletes that come in here and all they do is care about the whiteboard, they stay where they are. Yeah. You have athletes that come in here and put their head down, aggressive patience, mm-hmm. and, and they, they get after it every day but not give a damn really where they're going to be mm-hmm. in a year. In a year, they're like, oh, my God, dude, I can't believe that I used to only deadlift this and now I do this. <laughs> I mean, it really is. And then consistency breeds results, and yeah. then results breeds consistency. So, I mean, definitely take your time, do it right, 
and stay in it for a year and see where you are from there. Yeah. Well, so uh, I don't want to make it sound like everything has always come easy to you with this. I mean, obviously you're a gifted athlete and a lot of that's just genetics and, and things that you're gifted with. But I mean, you are challenged. I, remember, I just I just realized a couple of months ago when we were having a conversation, you told me that you had Crohn's disease and I never knew that. So yeah. tell us a little bit about like what that is, you know, when you found out that was going on and how you have to manage that to, to stay at kind of your peak levels? Uh, I found, so I actually have ulcerative colitis and I tell everybody Crohn's because nobody knows what ulcerative colitis is. It's like the brother and sister of Crohn's. Okay. Um, Ulcerative colitis is where you have multiple uh, ulcers in your colon. Okay. I was diagnosed in 06, uh, so I was a freshman in high school. And it was difficult Especially in high school, because you know I didn't know what I had. I, mm-hmm. I was really scared to tell my parents that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm using the restroom ten or fifteen times a day, or yeah. I can't sleep. I'm not hungry anymore because every time I eat, I use the restroom. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm dropping weight like it's going out of style. My my coaches are like, "Dude, what's wrong with you? Are you sick?" Once we got all under control, you know, fast forward five or six, seven years, I get out of. I'm in remission for a couple years. I get out because the medication, man, they tell you to take is terrible for mm-hmm. UC. Yeah. Um, so I try to take a little bit of a holistic approach. Uh, anti-inflammatory diets, not a whole lot of gluten, still kind of doing that stuff today. I think for me, it was a mental thing. Like I can tell you a big example, and even even today, you may, I do not like long road trips. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I mean, I'm in remission now. I've been in remission for about, I don't know, about two years now. Mm-hmm. I want to know where a restroom is at all times. Oh, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I've had my fair share of highway stops. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. But, uh, you know, it's a big mental thing. Um, and I... I, I think that's a real big reason why I like the gym yeah. you know when I'm in here and I'm working out or I'm hanging with y'all I'm not thinking about my stomach I'm not thinking about old UC I'm not I'm not thinking about where the restrooms are you know I can come in here get after it for two or three hours in here with the guys in the gym or, or coach or whatnot and kind of take your mind off that because anytime that I start to think about oh man I'm getting to pain or all this or all that you know it it's a downward spiral from there so mm-hmm. the gym really kind of helped me get through that it was kind of my way to okay, if I do this enough, my stomach doesn't hurt for a couple hours a day, that's good. And it kind of just morphed into, I fell in love with what I do here and it ended up being better for, for me health-wise too. Right. Nah, man, that's an amazing story. And, you know, I think it's important for people to hear. What Steven gets a lot around here that, that always kind of bothers me is the guys my age, you know, we'll, we'll see Steven and some of the, the guys who, what, you're like 30, 31 years 31. old? Yeah, it's like, uh, dude... Don't get caught up in that, man. Those dudes are like 30 years old. And it's like, all right, but when you were 30 years old, could you do that? Like, it's, it, I don't, I don't look at it that way. Like, good. Uh, I hope a lot of our I mean, athletes I, in the gym. I, I have come to terms with what I can and can't do. Um, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm still pushing myself and, and I want to, but at the same time, it's like, I don't make allowances for myself because I see younger guys performing at a higher level yeah like I, I have a lot of perspective with that but at the same time for you you know you're you're an elite athlete you, you compete in a different way than most of the people here we talked about it in earlier episodes this is this is a gym for people who are looking for longevity and that yeah. want to stay healthy and that want to stay active it's not the most competitive highest you know intensity place in town no it's not. um which is but i love that yeah you do you belong in a place like that yeah. you would probably fit in better at a place like that but you've managed to to really like um not just make it work here as an athlete but to 
use that in your coaching and and challenge and encourage people uh, in an awesome way, especially the young kids, man. Again, like my son and all of them. I mean, just to for a guy like you to talk to them and to stop and work with them. I mean, I remember what that felt like as a as a young kid when like the the badass dudes would like even look in my direction. So yeah. that's that's really cool for us to have here. I mean, I'm a coach before an athlete. Yeah, I. I, I I did my high school stuff. Mm-hmm. I did all that. I, I'm not going to prof- play professional <laughs> sports. No, I mean, no, no. you know, I, I uh, get my satisfaction from athletes setting a goal and accomplishing it. Whether yeah. it be double unders, whether it be hit a PR, whether it be show up three days a week, mm-hmm. whether it be lose ten pounds, yeah. whatever your goal is. Yeah, it's great. I, I love when I hit PRs too, but. I can honestly say that I, I get more enjoyment out of being here and coaching everyone if they need help than I do in any of my personal mm-hmm. accomplishments, yeah. you know, to be completely honest. Here in our gym, yeah, we may not be super competitive, but I tell you what, man, we have a lot of hardworking athletes. We, we have a lot of athletes that do that are progressing in a pretty damn fast pace and, like and like just, justin like a lot of these athletes and, and some women too and I mean, some women before too. before he came in here steven's out there doing god's work you know <laughs> talking to these three crazy women game planning for saturday <laughs> game planning for saturday and uh he uh he didn't have to do that but they knew where to go and uh i think he uh turned their their initial strategy on its head which was a good thing yeah they <laughs> they, they came in thinking okay we got this and i think they left thinking shit yeah, we may not too late to game plan this the right <laughs> too way. Too late to get out of this. No, they're gonna do. They're <laughs> they gonna are, do they're phenomenal. Are. It's uh, Aurelia, Nicole, and Crystal, and they're three of my favorite people, and they're uh, they're gonna be awesome. All right, we've we've told some funny stories about kind of like individual. I think one of everybody, especially the guys, like one of our biggest fears is showing up one day and it's a partner workout, and Steven's in the class and he points at you and he says, "Get over here, we're we're doing this." Uh, so. <laughs> I've never had the pleasure, but what is your? You got to have some good partner wide stories. Any of them stand out right now? I have one. I don't want to say it's a funny partner wide story. Well, I do have one, but it's not about me. Okay. And uh, I did not talk to him about this prior, but (laughs) he openly gives this story all the time. Do you know what story I'm talking about? No, 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 no. I want to hear it. All right, so. It's not about me. We were at a competition. We were at a uh, Katie Classic competition. It was a team competition. And uh, we're, we're up to, it's me and three other athletes. And our heat's next, or our event's next. And uh, Mike Brown, PJ, and two former coaches here at Bridge Lakes CrossFit, no longer here, they were in the middle of, of doing their workout. And I think it was, uh, I think it was a 600-meter sprint. Partner B had to do 200 double-unders. Uh, partner three had to do, I think it was 30 clean, hang clean and jerks. And then partner four had to do uh, 30 front squats, heavy front squats. So our athlete, Mike Brown, is athlete number one. Yeah. So he takes off on his 600-meter sprint. And he's got to go around the Robertson Stadium or the complex or whatnot. So he goes around. And you lose sight of him, and he's. I think he starts off in like a lane to where he's in first place, starting off. So he turns the corner, and you're thinking, "Shit, he's got it." Yeah. He comes around the corner, and you know he's running a little funny. And then you know you're everybody sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And the next thing you know, he comes up, and normally Mike, he'd high five. You know, it's close quarters, so you yeah. you can high five an athlete that's working out. He runs right by me, and I'm thinking, dude, why do you run right by me? Runs right by me, 
Amy, Amy starts going on her double unders. I see him hightail it on to, to the bathroom. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm like, man, what the hell? Workout almost done with. I think it was like 15-minute AMRAP or something like that, time cap. Mike comes walking in. They're working. They're, his team's still working out on the floor. I look at Mike. I said, dude, you're in completely different clothes. What happened? He goes, dude. <laughs> he goes, dude, I just pooped myself. <laughs> I go, no way. <laughs> I go, really? I go, I believe you. You're in different socks, man. Like, <laughs> and uh, he goes, yeah, dude. He Cat goes, five. He goes, man, he goes, I was, I was dead, hit about the first 200, and I heard it, and I felt it. And he said, man, hit that 300 mark. I think I could hold it in. He said, dude, as soon as it let loose, he said, that was my that was my ammunition to get me through the finish line. And he said, I was a beeline right to the bathroom. I said, Mike, you just, you just made my last event of the day the <laughs> easiest event I'm going to do all day. Mike so, Brown, I don't know if you've been listening, man, but you just got you got baptized into Are You Sore with a with He has a no GI. problem telling anybody this story. <laughs> but that was by far the funniest uh, uh, teammate story. That's of, great. Of, yeah, for I would have sure. given anything to see that. No, I love partner wads always end up in a great story. I mean, I... <laughs> Brian Herrera, I'm coming for you again, buddy. We uh, we had one where um, we were similar to the one that I told the story in in the last episode, where we were doing uh, box jumps and I don't know something else, but it was kind of one of those step down partner wads where you start out doing 40 box jumps and then 30 and then 20, and um, and I'm on another uh, exercise, you know, doing starting out on 30 cows 20 cows and we're swapping and so it was a rower now that i think about it so we get going and and we're going back and forth and uh right about the time where we kind of should be converging and like where i'm at like 20 cows on the rower and he should be down to like 15 jumps on the box jump is when i'm starting to like get off of the rower and turn around and see him still still jumping and i'm like man Brian's kind of struggling right now, you know, and then we, he gets done and I do it and we go back again and I'm, I'm doing less on the rower and I get off and I look and there he is again. He's still jumping. I'm like, dude, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to come down on him, but like, you better get moving, dude. You, <laughs> this is taking forever. Yeah. Well, then we get down to the point where he's like, he's at the point where he should be doing like five box jumps and I'm getting off and I'm watching him and I'm, I start counting at this point as tired as I am. And I'm like, why is he like on number eight? He'd been doing like 40 box jumps every round. <laughs> RX plus plus. <laughs> and he gets done, and I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, did you this, is his, this is his like forever problem is he doesn't pay attention. He's like, he's like, what? What's going on? I was like, you're supposed to like drop those by 10 every round. He's like, oh man, I was one, I was sitting there thinking, man, Paul is flying through these box <laughs> jumps. And I was like, well, I'm thinking, dude. <laughs> You're are, you, are you about to die yeah. or something? What's the matter with you? So, uh, that's awesome, man. Well, um, good stories, man. We're gonna uh, we're gonna start looking at wrapping this thing up. Um, not sure how much you've been paying attention to the show. It's time. Someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Whenever Alec Baldwin's voice comes on, it's you, not me, time. This is when I ask you a question that uh, I have no interest in answering and I'm not going to answer. And this one is going to be a little different. I'm going to pose kind of a, a scenario for you. So Come on. you've worked out in all the classes. Yep. You've coached all the classes. 
Rank the classes best to worst. In terms of. In terms of coaching. Which one do you love coaching down to which one are you like texting Martin or somebody and say, dude, can you come get this for me today? I just want no part of these people. And you don't have to do all of them. You could just kind of grab the first ones that come to mind. Um, I can easily say that, man, I haven't coached a, a, a early morning class in a while, but for a long period of time when I did coach, I really enjoyed coaching the 915. Yeah. That was probably my best class. Now the dynamic of 915 has completely changed from what it was back when I was coaching it. Yeah. When I was coaching 915, it was predominantly women, all stay-at-home moms pretty much. They all... I threw a wrench in that when yeah. I started coming yeah. here. All talked about, you know, where mimosa flight we're catching after this, you know. But no, I would say the best class or the most enjoyable class that I that I like to coach probably would be 6 a.m. Because, I mean, it takes a different type of individual to wake up every day at 5 and 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, man. Do they're, they're, they're clocking out of the coal mines and coming in here and they're doing getting it. their workout on. Um, I would say... Least favorite class, probably six, probably six p.m. Yeah, yeah, because by that time, hell, I'm probably in here for two and a half hours, and <laughs> I'm ready to just get the hell out, you know. Those and people then, don't care; they're just a bunch of well, a t- bunch of you know, bunch of degenerates. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah they're, they're, uh, they're just donating money to this place. You <laughs> know, six p.m. has come a long way. Our dynamic in the gym is completely different than yeah. what it was. A year ago, uh-huh. um, six a.m. is probably one of our biggest classes, or six p.m. is one of probably one of our biggest classes, which makes it even more of a damn. What did I get myself into? Twenty-two <laughs> people in this class. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, five a.m. I don't really enjoy coaching five a.m. at all. Yeah, because I got to get up. That's at early. Four thirty to get here. Uh huh. Luckily, now that I have two kids, that's that's totally out of the schedule now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, nine fifteen noon. Good classes. I, I I don't I don't mind coaching them at all. Uh, four, I'm typically working at four o'clock or working out, so I don't really get to coach there too much. But uh, five, that's my that's my class. Yeah. So that's probably one of the them at six a.m. Probably my two two best favorite classes to coach. Nice. Well, good man. You handled that like a pro. You handle all this like a pro, and uh, I know. Uh, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a popular episode. A lot of people have been anxious to hear from you. So, Stephen, dude, we love having you. We love you around here, and uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. All right, see ya. See ya. Thanks, Stephen, again. He did a great job um, just telling him um, how valuable that is for us to hear from uh, somebody at his level, um, but at the same time making sure that uh, everybody understands that, like, you can still relate to people like that, and and hearing how he prepares and thinks through workouts is something that I learned a lot from, and I hope you guys did too. Remember what we talked about at the beginning. Please try to uh, do the best you can to to share the show if you've been enjoying it. We really want to get the the Bridge Lakes – everything we've got going on here out to the masses because I know it's going to interest a lot of people. Um, By the time this episode hits the airs, I will have seen these guys in concert in Austin on Friday night. So I'm going to have Ryan Adams and the Cardinals take us out today. Have a great week, everyone. Give it your best and a little bit more. We'll see you next time.